So I too say Happy New Year to each of you. And I just want to take just a moment to, um, to say that we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity here to be a part of something that's been going on for a little while. But um, I just want to encourage you to avail yourself. And you say, well, what is it? And Scott, talk to you for a moment about Basketball Church. What Pastor Wayne has been uh, leading for some time now in Hopewell. And it happens, it's happening at the Hopewell Community Center every Saturday night, 6 to 8. Two short hours. I mean, wow, it was over. It, it almost seemed like it was over, and I just got there. But, you, you know, that just says something um, about what's going on. And um, you may be surprised at what you could do to help. So here's what, I, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Now, Reagan's in the nursery this morning, but seek out Reagan, seek out Wayne, and say, how can I help with basketball church? I can't dribble a basketball, I can't shoot a basketball, so on and so forth. He told me, he said, it doesn't have anything to do with your basketball skills. It has everything to do with how much you love Jesus. But, but here's the thing. Talk to him and just ask them, ask both of them, ask both of them, because there are different needs that get accomplished and that happen in that place. Everything from snacks to jerseys that have to go home and be washed. And you, so I just encourage you to ask them, how can I help? How can I be a part? And uh, then the, the, best way, the, the best way is just to show up there and watch what happens and just, just find a way for the Lord to use you in that way. Well, turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. As we continue the journey, as we continue this journey with Peter, do we remember what Peter was before Peter became a disciple? Do we remember? I was going to do something this morning. I didn't do it. I thought about it. I was going to bring every fishing rod I had and line it up and ask that same question. <laughs> that would have gave it away, wouldn't it? I just gave it away. He was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. And, and you know what? What I know, about, what I know about fishermen, and I'm not talking about the, the kind that, uh, the kind that uh, some of us here are. I'm talking about I'm talking about people that do it for a living. It's a hard life. It's a hard, it's a hard life. And, uh, and, and you know what? It, it, creates, it creates hard people. It creates hard people. And isn't it, isn't it neat that Peter was one of those hard people? <laughs> was one of those hard people who became a, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? One who... One who uh, heard that call, responded to that call, and lived that call right to his death. Right to his death. And uh, so, as, so as, we, as we continue this journey with Peter, in the book of Peter, the book that he wrote to those elect exiles, to those sojourners, to those pilgrims, to the, to the church of that day, and to the church of this day. Because, because you know what? The Word is timeless. The Word of God is timeless. The Word of God from Genesis to Revelation 
is as pertinent in our lives, has been pertinent generation to generation to generation, and it will continue to be that. It will continue to be that right until the Lord returns and puts all of that into motion when he comes back. And he is coming back. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. But we know that he's coming back. The question is, will we be ready? 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in the 12th verse. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. May God bless the reading of his word Don't think it's strange when the fiery trials come. Now, let me go, let's just go real quick. Let's go quick to Ephesians 6 for just a moment, just a moment, and talk about how we're going to deal with the attacks of the enemy, how we're going to deal with this world, how we're going to deal with the flesh, how we're going to deal with the enemies of God, how we're going to deal with these things. It says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his... In the power of his might, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I have no idea what that was, but I'm going to keep reading. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints praise God the armor of God you know what we need to be armored all the time we need to have that armor on all the time because you never know when the attacks are coming okay God knows God knows you okay praise God Praise God, God knows us, but, but, I, tell, but I tell you this, that, but there is an enemy. There is an enemy that wants to destroy us, okay? And, and, and his way of destroying could be just to knock you off course, just a little bit. Or maybe it's to actually take you out completely, okay? And, and so here we are, knowing, expecting, expecting the fiery trials to come. 
We should not be surprised when trials come. We should not be surprised when persecution comes. Man, I believe it is going to stop many, many Christians in this country if persecution ever really comes. Because we're just, we're, we're just not ready. We're just not ready for it. But, but the word says, and Peter's telling them, expect it. You've got to remember, they're in a hostile time. They're in a hostile place. It was, it was not popular. It was not popular to be called a Christian in that day. What is it in this day? What is it, what is it in this day? Just think about that for a minute. Okay, so, so now, now here's, here's what I'm going to do. I, I've got to set this up. I've got to set this up because I'm going to show you something, and I'm not, I, I don't, I, I wish I didn't have to say it this way, but I, I, I've got to say it this way. There is, not, there is not a political thought in my body as I show this. Okay, as this gets shown. So when you see this in just a moment, understand, understand that I just wanted to show you something about this pastor. His name is Andrew Brunson. Andrew Brunson was a pastor in Turkey. He was a pastor in Turkey, and he would find himself in prison, charged with terrorism, charged with being a terrorist, charged with things that got him sentenced to 35 years in prison. They're in a Turkish prison. So I want you to hear this.
that they're doing okay, they're all here to stay, they are doing okay, and I was grateful that they were in the States during this time, mm -hmm. I tried to shield them a little bit, um, they are here to Well, there's so many questions for you, first of all, why, why did you, I mean, going out on the mission field is tough enough, but why did you decide Turkey, a place that there is political unrest, there, there are dangerous situations there, why did you decide to go there? Well, it's one of the places in the world that has the least Christians, and we wanted to tell people about Jesus Christ, that's what our life has been about. Maureen, was it worth it? Yes, really. That's actually a question that I was talking to the Lord about. I said, okay, is God worthy? Number one, is he worth it? Is he uh, worthy? Undoubtedly. That's the easy one. Is it worth it? Is I it worth the suffering that, that we went through? So that's, yes, that's something it is. that I specifically had to work through. You really struggled that first year, right? What happened that first year? Well, that's when I was really broken down. I was very isolated. Even though I was in a crowded prison cell, just isolated from, from the outside, from receiving uh, encouragement. It was my wife, really, who got me through that time. God did, but she's the one who, who brought truth into me in our, in our meetings and would just uh, focus, uh, hang on. One of the most important things that someone told me is just breathe. You don't have expectations that I have to preach to everyone or uh, just hang on to God. And it's one of the things I did consistently. I kept talking to God, talking to God, whether he talked to me or not. Mm -hmm. You were alone. You were the only Christian in your jail cell. How many in your cell? Well, there were about 21, 22 of us in a cell for eight people for part of the time. So what was the living situation like? Did you have a bed or did you sleep on the floor? I had a bed. There were others who didn't. And, and how do you decide who gets the beds and who doesn't? It was by who got there first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you ever feel forsaken? I did feel that, but I know that God never did. And one of the things I did is in the second year is when I began to become stronger. Uh, I wrote a song that focused on speaking truth about God. And one of the things I said, one of the lines is, Jesus, the faithful one who loves me, always good and true. And because these are things I doubted, but I declared every day, God loves me. He's true. He's faithful. He has not abandoned me. Did anyone in the cell with you? Did you convert anyone, or did God use you to do that? Uh, no, they were all very, very strong Muslims. They were trying to convert me. <laughs> <laughs> so you would meet with him once a week for once about week. 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what they allowed you. Mm -hmm. And what would you tell your husband to keep him going and to keep his spirit so up? So I would prepare a sheet the day before or the, and uh, with various encouraging messages, things like that. Just kind of try to memorize it because I couldn't take a shred of paper and with me. It was high security, and I would try to bring these things to him and say, Lord, what can I bring you this week? What can I impart to him this week? So the first thing, we'd sit down, we had glass between us, and over the phones, this was, except for every other month, it was face-to-face -face visit. So I'd say, put your hand on the glass, and we'd put our hands, you know, like this, and we'd just pray over right. our way. What did, you, what did you stay? Sorry for interrupting you, but I have so many questions for you. What yeah. made you want to stay? Because your kids are here in the States. It was very you difficult. Say, you did not do 35-year sentence. I was torn into. It was very difficult. Uh, I wanted so desperately to meet with my kids, but I felt that he really needed me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be with him. We didn't know what was going to happen. Now as we look back, we say, okay, two years. Mm -hmm. But at the time, we didn't know that. Final question. You came back on the plane, and you prepared a sheet that yes. you and your wife you had notes that you wanted to make sure you relayed to the president. Well, I knew we would be nervous when we went to the White House and might forget everything. So we just wrote down that we wanted to thank him for the letter he wrote, for sending a plane, uh, for fighting for me, and we wanted to pray for him. So I just not jotted down very quickly three things I wanted to pray for him. So it was very spur of the moment, but hoping that we would have the opportunity. 
right? He really just was talking about you at all of his rallies, saying we've got to bring you home. Jay Sekulow, your attorney, he pulled out all the stops to try to get you back. Those two individuals really um, just hats off to both of them for bringing you home safely. God bless you both. Anything else you want to leave us with today? I'm on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> but we're certainly grateful for many people who prayed for us. We believe that God is using this situation and that uh, he used the prayers of God's people. What happens next for you? I've been preaching Jesus Christ my adult life. I hope to do that until the day I die. question is where and when. But that is what we'll be doing. And God will. Yes. God bless you. Thank you so much. Welcome home. So, um, Andrew Brunson um, said that first year was hard. That first year was tough. And um, his wife, God used his wife to keep him from literally losing his mind in there. Because, you know, all he could see was 35 years. All he could see was pretty much the rest of his life in a Turkish prison. And... Um, and, you know, God had a different plan. Praise God. God had a different plan. God used his wife. And, and in the second year, he said the first year was, man, the first year was terrible. It was tough. And, but he said the second year, he said, he said, God really did business with me during that second year. And, and, and so, you, you know what? We, we, we need to expect persecution to come. And, and we should rejoice in it. How difficult is that? But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. To, to, rejoice, to rejoice in suffering, to rejoice in persecution. But if, but if it is happening because of our faith, if it is happening because we are Christians, then blessed are we. Then blessed are we, and you may, you may say, how blessed am I to be going through this? How blessed am I to be in this place? But, but I tell you that we should seek after the will of God no matter what that is. And no matter what that, what that means, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory of God rests upon you. Can you, ima can you imagine that? Can you imagine how blessed we are in the midst of persecution, in the midst of suffering, in the, in the midst of those things on their part, on their part, on the part of those who are, who are taking you captive, who are doing the persecuting, who, who are doing all of that. Those, those are unbelieving people. Those are unbelieving people. Remember, the sin leading unto death is the sin of rejection of Christ, a person's entire life. Dying without Christ. Dying without Christ means eternal separation from him dying without christ means eternal separation how much do you care about people how much do you love people to look past your own life to bestow life to them but on your part he is glorified now, look at this 15th verse. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Now, that's interesting that those four things are put in the same category together. So let me read them again. Be, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, 
a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's affairs and matters. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting, the first one and the last one, how they get classed together? You, you, you know what? It, it, it shares and shows us that, you know, sin is sin. Sin is sin. In God's eyes, in God's eyes, sin is sin. There is no, you, you know, we have a tendency, we have a tendency to say, I didn't do that. You might be involved over here in this, but I didn't do that. Just, I think it's just a reminder. I think it's just a reminder that, you, you, you know what? We all, we all need to, need to battle this thing called sin. We all need to do everything, to do everything we can to stay as close to Jesus as we can stay. And, and, not be, and not be upset when, when, when a brother or a sister calls us out in love. Did I say that? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Didn't we hear that last week? Didn't we hear that love covers a multitude of sins? It doesn't... It doesn't allow us to just sin freely and get away with it and never and never be held accountable to it. You know, one of the things you one of the things that you sign when when you become a member of this church is a membership covenant. And 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 what you are saying is when you sign that you are saying I am willing to be held accountable. And we and we all agree with one another, and we and therefore and therefore we hold one another accountable, do we not? But he says, don't don't let that. It's just like we're about to talk about a parking lot, okay? We're about to talk about a parking lot in a little bit. And I and I, I shared with you a few weeks back that there should only be one offense, one offense, and that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be the only offensive part. Don't let the fact that a person can't walk from one side of the parking lot to the other without tripping and falling flat because of the state of the parking lot, don't let that be the offense. Now, I'm not pushing for the parking lot with that statement. I'm simply saying, don't let the wrong things be the offense. Don't let yourself get caught up in sinful things where that becomes the offense to a brother. Don't be a stumbling block to someone else. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, a Christ follower, a little Christ, okay? Everything to do with Christ. Let him not be ashamed. Because, you, you know what? As I read about the Anabaptist, as I, as I read about those folks going through that time, you know, some seemed to feel that way. They seemed to feel shame for what they were, for what they were suffering. And, I, and, and you know what? I've never, and, and, and they say, be very careful what you say prior to torture coming. 
In other words, I would never give in. I, I would never, I would never recant my faith. I would never this, I would never that. But you've never been tortured in the way that you could be because of your faith. So, so I say, be careful, be careful what you say prior to something. Just understand that expect it, rejoice in it, try to find out its cause. Try to find out the cause of the suffering. And then let's go on. It says, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? In other words, in, in other words this is not a condemnation of the church. This is not a condemnation of the church in any way, shape, or form. This is stating that, you know what? The church itself needs to go through periods of purging and cleansing and needs to be, and needs to be dealing with the things of God and needs to be working through the things of God. Okay? And, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing when this is happening. That this is, actually, that this is actually good for the church because you know what? Believe it or not, salvation, a lifelong process, right? Salvation, a lifelong thing. Our salvation is being played out our entire life and it's not easy. It is not easy. It is not something, it is not something that, that just happens. You get saved, you get saved, and then you're done. Is that what the Christian life is about? Of course not. Absolutely not. The Christian life is one, is one that, wow. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know, I really don't know how to describe it. I really don't know how to describe it. But the Christian life is one I, 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 heard, I heard somebody say, Pastor, it's been tough lately. And, and, and I feel like it's even been tougher lately. Because of my faith. Because of my faith, I feel like things have gotten tougher. Well, you know what? Don't be surprised by that. Don't be surprised by that. When you, when you said, yes, Lord, when you said, I accept you, Lord, I receive you, Lord, a target went on you, a big target, so that you can, you can be easily found. Now, here's the thing. I hope, I hope that that, I actually hope that that target shines brightly on you. In other words, in other words, I hope that the, I hope that the enemy's not saying, I ain't got to worry about that person. I ain't got to worry about them. They might have said it, but they didn't mean it. They might have said it, they might have said it, but they're hiding, but they're hiding more than they're, they're out there. And you know something, it's not, a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to exercise the Bible in the church. And now, you're sitting there going, within these four walls? Uh, nope, because that's not the church. See, we get hung up on the fact that when you, when you ask a lot of people, what is the church? They talk about this four walls and a, and a, and a roof and a steeple and whatever that makes up the building. They talk about it being a building. It's not the building, it's the people. We can meet 
We can meet on a gym floor. Okay, we can meet on the gym floor. I'm just using that as an example because that's the most present example in my mind post last night. We, we can meet anywhere. We can meet anywhere. Now, if the righteous one who is scarcely saved, in other words, you know what? Salvation is tough. Our salvation playing out is tough. What God may call us to do is tough. God may ask us to give our lives for His good pleasure. He may ask us to give our lives for the gospel to go forth. Is that too much for you? Is that too much for me? And by the way, if if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will... The ungodly and the sinner appear. Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11 is where where that comes from. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God. Suffer according to the will of God. You know, you've got to be careful with things. You've got to be careful with things. Because um, well-meaning people, well-meaning Christ followers, have gotten themselves in trouble for things that they did. Like trying to bring enough cookies to Africa. You, you can't bring enough cookies. You just cannot bring enough cookies. So if you come with me to Africa, don't you bring a cookie. And if you bring it, you eat it before we get there. Because if you don't eat it, I'm just telling you. So you see, I know that was a crazy, uh, dumb example, but the thing was, let's don't suffer for our, I want to use the word ignorance, but I want to use the word stupidity. I, I don't mean to say it that way, but, but, I think, but, but I think that we have to, I think it puts it in context of let's don't do something dumb. Let's don't do something, let's don't um, cause suffering for ourselves or for others. So you've got to be careful what you, what you say when you go other places and you deal with other cultures. You know, you don't want to tell them to do anything. You want to ask them. Because if you tell them to go do something and they go do it and get killed for it, was that God's will or was that bad advice? Just something to think about. But it says here, therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good. Andrew Brunson, in the first year, man, he struggled. He struggled in that. And I got to hear him at the um, Southern Baptist Convention. I got to hear him tell the whole story. And, and, And he said, you know what? I do not have a glowing testimony for my first year in prison. He said, in fact, you might have wondered a few times, was I saved? He said, but then came year two. Then came year two, and it changed. And it changed. Commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. As to a faithful creator. God is faithful. God is faithful. 
He has promised us He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll be with us wherever we go. In whatever we are dealing with, God is with us. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? To the point that you would stake your life upon it. So when, so when things aren't going very well, when things aren't going very well, what are you doing with that? I would suggest this. Take it to that faithful creator. Trust him with it. Trust him in it. Trust him through it. So when it comes to persecution, we are to expect it. We should not be surprised when it comes. We are to rejoice in it. We are to seek the cause. What, what is the cause of this? If we can figure that out. And then we're to trust God with every part of it. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, love you, honor you, praise you, thank you, Lord, for your word, how you lead us, how you guide us, Lord. Um, thank you for how you've used Peter. Thank you for how you inspired him to write this to the church, to, Lord, we don't completely understand persecution. We don't understand, we don't understand these things. But Lord, Lord, that we that Lord, we stay in your word, that we um, that this church, that this church proceeds further according to your word. Lord, that that it's all about you and your word going forth. And Lord, may we proclaim it boldly. May we proclaim it unashamedly, unapologetically. Lord, may we proclaim your word to a lost and dying world. Lord, take this invitation. Do with it whatever you choose to do. Whatever you're saying to a person, Lord, whatever it is, I pray that they would respond to your call, whatever that is in their life. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In your most precious and holy name, amen. Let's stand together.